Welcome to the road to growth, success of an entrepreneur. We've raised the bar. Learn firsthand from successful business owners and create your own path to success. I'm going to show you how great I am. It's time to hit the road to growth with team lead of the Enriquez Group, Realtor Vinny. Hi, you road to growth listeners. Today, I, I have kind of a unique one. Okay, we Yes, he is a coach. Okay. And he is an investor, though, but does a lot of raw land investing. I've had some recently ones of uh, fix and flips. So this right here of the raw land investing is something definitely new. I don't think I've had one, a person like that on the podcast yet. So if you're, that's your game and that's what you want to get into, you came onto the right episode. Thank you, uh, Brent, for being here. Thanks, Vinny. Appreciate you having me. So walk us through a little bit of kind of investing, I guess, in, in raw land or in, and kind of what you coach your, uh, your people. Yeah, it's it's mostly lifestyle design. We we don't get into business to work, uh, you know, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, the thing with land is, uh, every time we do a land transaction, we're paid for the next five, 10, 20 years. Now, granted, all of them I can't sell or finance, but eight out of ten we do. Um, and the reason why eight out of ten because eventually we run out of money, so we have to flip a piece of land or or uh, wholesale it by assigning a contract. But what we what I what my perfect scenario is scenario I couldn't say that right uh, I buy a piece of land at a discount and then turn around and sell it at retail and premium value and allow someone to make payments and basically we get a down payment and then they make payments we've we've uh, done a note or a mortgage up to thirty years on some of these deals and for instance my my land specialist she sold about ten parcels for us in the last probably fifteen days. And each one of those parcels bring us in anywhere from three to 800 a month. But let's just say out of those 10 parcels, we only got 300 a month. That's an extra $3,000 a month coming in that we just created in 15 days worth of time. So if we do that every 15 days, like what does that look like in five years? It's, it's a pretty good number coming in each month. No, it's, it sounds like, I mean, with the, the fix and flip, I mean, you have to probably have some kind of background in construction or at least know a contractor. I mean, if you're buying the property, at least in San Diego, I mean, for a single family on the minimum, you're probably talking about on the 400, 450, maybe a condo, you can get a lot less. I would think, though, raw land, especially even more rural raw land, right? The barrier of entry is a lot, a lot lower if you have the money in your pocket. Uh, so it makes it a little bit easier to get into that, that platform. Absolutely. I mean, my first my first raw land deal, I had no clue what I was doing. I mailed a postcard to the tax delinquent list and pulled out a couple deals. And the first deal was two hundred and eighty five dollars. And the seller told me what he would what he wanted for. it. I didn't even have to negotiate. I didn't even have to ask him. He said, hey, give me two hundred eighty five dollars. It's yours. I was like, what's the catch? Uh, so I ended up purchasing that piece of land and sell it purchasing that piece of land and selling it to a realtor. Sorry, it's the end of the day for me. I get up too early. After about uh, six o'clock my time, my brain starts to shut down. So uh, bear with me. <laughs> no, uh, but I sold it the next day uh, to a realtor for five grand. Like, And I paid $285 for it. So yeah, the barrier of entry was super low for me for that for that particular deal. I, I would think the, the, the biggest hurdle would be uh, the documentation for carrying the note. Yeah, that's true. That that actually took a little growing pains. Uh, I had actually five or six people paying me uh, payments, 
and I couldn't track it anymore. My, my spreadsheet was getting out of control. Uh, so I actually started using a note servicing uh, company and they do an amazing job. They tell me when someone's late and when they are, we charge a late fee. Uh, so it's all taken care of for us. But yeah, luckily I, I was like, look, I'm going to invest in this, uh, this note servicing platform and our buyers love it too. Cause they can log in and see how much longer they have to pay or what their interest rate is or how much interest they pay for their taxes. Now walk us through where did you grow up? Did you have this kind of, uh, I guess, entrepreneur mindset growing up? Who was Brent? Who is Brent? You know, I love it. Um, I grew up in a small town called Okeechobee, Florida. Our biggest producer of income was cattle. And I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, after 1992, Hurricane Andrew came through and smashed Miami and most of Florida. Uh, I remember our gr my grandmother gave me this wind up clock or she didn't give it to me. She gave it to my mom and dad so we can hear the news while this hurricane like is hitting us, took out our power. Well, after that, after we all recovered the next day, I'm like, we don't need this. We don't need this radio anymore. So I went door to door and sold that thing uh, and then started a lawn service, you know, and, and like middle school. And I've always been an entrepreneur. I love, you know, turning something into something else. Like, for instance, like you talked about flipping houses. I, I actually like flipping houses, but it didn't meet my lifestyle design. I do have a team that helps me do it. We actually have two flips going on. Uh, one of the painful moments of, of our flip right now, I just literally hung up with a phone call with my uh, office manager. We have three months in a row gotten about a $1,500 water bill. We can't figure out what's going on with this house. Everything has been replaced, but there's like a leak somewhere. Like, And that's a massive leak to get a $1,500 water bill. So we've almost paid almost six grand total in water bills. And I honestly, like, I'm like, whoa, we don't ever have to deal with this with land. Like, I don't get phone calls like that. So it's just like, you know, flipping houses are cool. I love to take an ugly house and turn it into something nice. But the land is just simple. Okay. Going back, I guess you were you were selling things door to door <laughs> in, in high school. I'm guessing or before high school. And then in high school, do you go to college, go to corporate world, or you – what happened there? Yeah, man, what happened? So I started that lawn business probably when I was in sixth grade. Um, by the time I was ready to graduate, uh, we were almost, well, I, I needed to hire somebody. So my dad's like, look, I'm going to just quit my job and help. And he actually invested in the lawn service and we built it uh, to about a hundred accounts, uh, literally the year I graduated high school. And I was working on getting my real estate license. So I graduated in 2004 and I was like, I'm just going to get my real estate license. I finally got it in 2007 um, because it's just like, just I'm telling you, like anything that could have gotten in the way of that got in the way of it. But I wanted to be an investor and I thought that I needed a real estate license for that. Um, and ultimately, it actually helped me. Uh, so 2007, I bought my first rental. I had just got my real estate license. I got paid to buy a rental. And then 2008 had happened. Uh, or two it was early 2008. I completely left the, the lawn service to my dad. I was like, I'm out of here. We moved to the coast, rented that uh, rental out, and I hit the ground running as a, as a realtor. And ultimately, it turned into me driving people around in late 2008 now to find rental properties. And I was lucky if I made $300 in a week, and I'm pretty sure I spent more than that in gas. So I was struggling. I was like, it was bad. I was paying credit cards with credit cards. Me and my wife moved in with uh, her parents, like, and I'm embarrassed. Like, 
I can't pay my bills. I've, I used to own a business. I have a rental property. I'm a realtor. And I, I'm like, I got, it got in my head. I was like, I see people getting out of the business. Um, so I'm like, you know what? I gotta go back to school. So I joined the military and deployed a couple times. And I was pretty much out of the United States from 2010 to 2013. And when I got back to 2013, I still had that entrepreneurship itch, the real estate bug. So I bought my, my, like, as soon as I got back, I bought another property <laughs> and started it back all over again. And before I knew it, uh, by 2014, I had a total of four rental properties and one was a triplex. So, and I was kind of back at it again. All right. Let me, let me try to catch up on the timelines. Yeah. So 2004 is when you graduated high school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So 2004, you graduated high school. You already have a lawn, uh, a lawn business. Your father quits his business or retires from his business. Right. Yep. Was he later in life or how was he just young retiree? No, I mean, he didn't really retire. He was in the tower business and, you know, building a, a business for somebody else. And it became okay. pretty successful. And uh, he was just ready to do something on his own. So my dad's like, you know what, let's, let's roll with this type thing. And he saw what the lawn business was, was turning into and he came out and invested in it and we took it off. So he, he took a, he took a, a risk, right? Yes. A little bit of risk in his, in his son. Uh, he invests some money into it. The business is growing. Yeah. Right. How long after the business was growing, did you take, start getting real estate three years later, you got your license? Yeah, three years later, I got the license. So we were together literally from about 2004 to 2007, longer than I wanted it to be because my plan was like, I want to be a real estate investor. And it was just hard to pull away from the, the business that was paying me, you know, paying my bills. So did he take over your, did your dad take over the company that you built? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Now, so he took over the company. Is that company still around or does still that go going today? Still okay. going today, but he's getting old. He's actually done about 30 something land deals now. Uh, I finally, because I was like trying to get him in the houses and I was like, dad, do this business. And I would always come to him with an opportunity. And finally, the land opportunity really, like really kind of turned him on. He's done over 31 land deals and he's so old school. It's, it's hilarious. He sent out maybe 1200 letters to do 31 land deals. And he wholesales them. He he buys them and quick flips them, or he'll assign the contract. Um, but I'm pretty proud of him. My 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 59 year old dad's out there uh, just doing land deals. So he, he built this company. It's he's growing that business out. You get into to real estate. You're being somewhat of a chauffeur. I mean, at, at that that point in time when you're doing the real estate and seeing the success that your father had with this company that you kind of built up from scratch at least did you have any thoughts of going back to that company instead of going to the military i'll tell you what um i i was i was struggling i would actually uh i was thinking to myself what the heck did i do i was i was making great great money um i i i mean we didn't have any debt and basically i'm like here i am driving renters around making 300 maybe 300 a week and i might like I'm actually, I, it's probably less than that, honestly. Um, and I'm like, I had left a business where I'm making several thousands of dollars a week. Uh, heck yeah, I thought about going back to that business, but I was almost like, I can't. I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep moving forward. Why? And 
Well, um, I think pride. I think pride got in my way because I was like, look, I, I can't go back home with my tail tucked between my legs. And, and another reason why I'll tell you, we actually got rid of a lot of accounts. So I would have put a burden on my father as well. Um, so, you know, I got the bug where it's like, you know what, I'm going to go back to school and I joined the military and thank God I did. I got to experience so much, so much learning, so much discipline, so much growth from it. So it all worked out really well, really, really well. What, uh, what branch did you sign up with? So I was in the army. I actually tried to join the air force, but they wouldn't take me uh, cause I got in some trouble when I was 18 years old. Uh, so luckily the air force recruiter was kind enough to say, Hey man, go next door to the army. They'll take anybody. So I'm coachable. I did. <laughs> now joining the military. I mean, you're now you're having someone to tell you what to do. Mm -hmm. I mean, with your mindset, especially entrepreneur, usually entrepreneur is, this is the way I'm going to do it. I have an idea. I'm going to go forward for the most part. Right. Then people get coachable over time. Yeah. Yet, for yourself, how was that transition of signing up and now having someone telling you what to do? Man, uh, Vinny, great question. I had to, I had to drop my pride. I had to leave it at the door. And I did. I started from the, I went in as a, as a E2 in the military, like bottom of the barrel. The only way it could have been lower is an E1. Like I'm, I'm a grown man cleaning, cleaning toilets. And I'm like, man, I had a real, I have a real estate license. I had a business. I, I have a rental property. I've done all these cool things and here I am. So I, I like basic training. I mean, I wanted to cry, man. I was like, I'm, I'm nobody. I'm, I'm, I'm down at the bottom here and I'm not trying to disrespect anybody start starting out in the military because there was someone else too. It was like, he was a cop. He was 35 years old. I know he felt like I did like, so I was starting over and I knew that I had to get like back up on top pretty quickly. So it was almost like, you know, how, how you got to break a wild horse. I felt like I was getting broken. Um, but now I'm, I'm like back at it. Like I am, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a business, I'm a business owner. I'm, I'm a creator. I'm a visionary. I employ people. Um, so, you know, you can only keep someone down so long and not that I, and I, I don't feel like I was down, but I sucked it up. I, I dropped my pride and part of, part of it, you know, it already had happened. I moved in with my in-laws. I couldn't afford my bills type thing. So I had pretty much already, you know, gotten rid of the pride right before basic training anyways. But yeah, I mean, I, I forgot about those days. It was tough times mentally. I mean, when a man can't pay his bills, like he ponders, that's for sure. And he, he, uh, you know, gets very humble. So you're in the military. Um, how long are you in the military for? I was there in the military for eight and a half years. I got out May, 2018. So while you were in the military, you found, you found someone, you got married in the So sad story. Um, I was, uh, I was deployed back to back deployments. My first deployment was, uh, about right at just short of about three days short of one year. And then I was home for one year and then I deployed again. Well, my first wife didn't like that. Uh, she took off on my second deployment, uh, moved in with another man. And, uh, so I'm over overseas now deployed. And I was like, man, this, this is crazy. Like I got to do something different. So I actually started, uh, I'd already been working on a packet to become an officer because uh, I made it to E5. I was a Sergeant. I, I moved through the ranks really quickly. And, I knew that wasn't as high as you can go. The officer side was higher. So I kept putting in officer packets. 
going to school like crazy, taking classes like all night. And I was just driven. So I, I started putting in the packets and I got selected uh, for active duty green and gold. They, they choose about 150 uh, active duty soldiers a year. So they told me about four months into my second deployment, this is about this is about um, April or March 2013. And they pulled me out of Afghanistan and sent me to college. Um, I'm, I'm now single. And that's why I was able to buy that. I bought a house right next to the college and literally before I even knew this was a term, it's called house hacking. I rented out the rooms and was making a, a killing uh, by owning this house and going to school. So I got, the army sent me to school for about 21 months and uh, I was able to be a college student. I got paid to do it and I was investing in real estate again. Now your first wife. Yep. Okay. So you were married before you joined the military? Yeah. Yeah, I was. And then oh, I now have, I, and I met to answer your question. I met my current wife, uh, in 2000 or early, late 2014 while I was in college. And now we have three beautiful children together. And, uh, that was part of the reason why I wanted to get out of the military. So <clears throat> the story with that is I had to basically, before I was ready, I wanted to make sure I had built a business that was going to cover like the cost of my three children you know, diapers, housing, insurance. That's a big thing for people uh, getting out of the military. And let me just tell anybody that's listening to this in the military, you can totally do it. So I got to about nine grand a month in my land business where I was, I was getting that each month, every single month. And I felt comfortable. I'm like, look, I can do this. I can get out uh, because it's nervous. It's, it's scary getting out because you're told what to do. You're always taking care of your health, your housing. So I really had to figure out a way and, and land provided that for me to be able to get out May 2018 and literally design my lifestyle. I'm home every morning for breakfast, home every night for dinner, except for when I do a late podcast and I never do podcasts as late. So this is like once maybe a month um, that, that I'm away. So, you know, we design our and we're taking tomorrow off to go to the lake house. Now, OK, first off, everything happens for a reason question okay and i keep on i'm uh, i keep on writing back i know you're i know we're you're, you're trying to push it forward and i keep on going back and i'm gonna keep going back <laughs> you're good so, at what you do <laughs> you're um now let's say that you were in that rut i know it's a different person when you were in that rut and you you basically had the army <clears> as your <throat> option to go into join the military right that was your only option you were married at the time now if you were in that rut today, and I know it's kind of weird to kind of go back in that rut today, how would you dissect of either joining the military or finding another option to make money? I mean, because you had someone with you that was helping with the choice, right? And came to the realization that was your out right there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, do you think there would be a different way of looking at if you were in that situation today? I mean, today, absolutely, 100%. I mean, for those that are probably listening to this on, on audio, they can't see this rhino behind me. But those that are watching this video, I'm, I'm now this rhino, man. I've got three-inch thick skin. I charge. And I'm going to take on the torpedoes. Great book called uh, Rhinoceros Success. Um, but I know if I, if I knew what I – if I knew what I know now back when I was – you know, 24 years old joining the military, uh, I would have had a whole variety of more options, mm -hmm. but I only saw one path and that was get, stop being a realtor. Cause you know, I saw 30 year brokers getting out of the business and in yeah. 2008, 2009. 
And not that the military was a bad thing. It taught me a lot, but it allowed me to get the mental capacity and, you know, the grit and the discipline. Like I still get up sometimes at 4 a.m. and get, get work done before the kids wake up. Um, so it's just, you know, absolutely. The, the decision would have been different today. If, if you took everything away from me right now, I mean, I, I, I know there's, there's several ways that I can get started right back up again, you know, put me in any, any city and I can start up and, and do business again. Do you think your decision-making process is different? I mean, I, I like, I, I told oh, yeah. the story before uh, on this podcast many of times. I mean, I was, um, I got an opportunity to go to Afghanistan. I was in construction before I got to real estate and I had a week to make the decision. And I was with a girlfriend at the time. I was going to be gone for a year. And I asked her opinion, but I, I really was kind of, saying, I'm going to do this is my option to kind of make some money right there, you know, now married and that kind of stuff. And, and I think I'd probably weigh the decision a little more with my significant other knowing what I know now. Do you think at that point in time, when you're back then that you allowed her to kind of give a say your ex-wife in the decision um, or was it your decision? Nope. It was my decision. Um, and it's funny because her grandfather actually planted in that decision in my mind, mind. her grandfather, I, I really looked up to him. Um, he was a car salesman, uh, entrepreneur. He introduced me to Jim Rohn. He gave me the, the, oh, wow. the, the cassettes. Mm -hmm. Um, and I transferred them over to CD, uh, to where I can listen them to them in my truck going up and down the road when I was like struggling. And, um, so he's like, look, you know, join the military. You can retire after 20 years. You'll have a great retirement. I wish I would have done that. And he planted that seed in my mind. I was like, this is, this is brilliant. Um, well, he passed away shortly after that. Um, but if it wasn't for him, you know, I would have never known about Jim Rohn and all these, these, these personal self-development. Um, so it wasn't her decision. It was, it was by far my decision. And I think it was the best decision I could have ever made. Now, when you make a decision now, is it how 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 does that work with your with your partner oh yeah my my wife emily now it's just you know she supports me and you know i think abraham lincoln said this behind every great man there's a great woman standing behind behind him so i don't look at emily as standing behind me she's standing beside me and you know she's my business partner even though she has nothing to do with real estate she, she's writing a book she takes care of our children um, and she had other careers before, uh, she met me, but she, I, I run, I mean, she's just like my sounding board and always has great advice. So yeah, heck yeah, I do. Um, and you know, if, if they, I, I had offers kind of like you to go back to Afghanistan, spend a year over there, we'll pay you $300,000. I mean, I wouldn't take a million dollars to go away for a year. Like there's, that's, that's crazy. I could do it right here from, from zoom. You know, yeah. the world's changed. No, exactly. Yeah. What you, what you know now. So you, you, you build, you, you get your first deal from 285 or roughly, and then you sell it to a, to a realtor. Now, after that, that you have to get a lot of excitement. I bet after I was that first deal, freaking crazy about it. I had already wholesaled probably 10 houses and made okay. like 10 grand here, eight grand here. I had, I think five rentals at that time, but wow. there was something about getting a piece of land for $285 and calling a realtor to ask her what it was worth. She told me 10 and she made me an offer for 5,000. Like that deal happened in a four day time span. I was lit on fire. I bought another property that another piece of land the next week, 
it was a little bit inefficient. Like I couldn't, you actually couldn't get to the land. You had to cross state land to get to it. But I bought that one for 500 and put it on Craigslist that night. It was a Saturday night, the following week. And I had a buyer for $500 down, 400 a month, literally by Sunday. And I sold that one for 5,000 too. I don't know why I kept doing it for 5,000. I was really building the proof of concept because I didn't, I was, didn't know what I was creating. Um, I'd never been there before and I didn't have anybody to teach me how to do it. I just heard a guy on a podcast talking about buying land super cheap and selling it the next day. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so it like literally like Roger Bannister, the four minute mile guy, the guy that broke the record. And then after that, like multiple people ran the four minute mile. All I needed to know was this is possible type thing. Like, uh, so yeah, I was lit on fire and I had my first $400 a month note on land deal number two that took care of our car payment. And I was like, I talked to my wife. I was like, let's reverse engineer this. How much is our mortgage payment? How much is our water bill? And, and it was only like $6,000 a month is what we were spending, which is quite a bit actually. Um, you know, looking back, back then newly married couple, but I we were able to reverse engineer that. And by the time we hit 6k a month, um, we were financially free because all of our bills were covered. <laughs> So you got the idea for the the land um, the land dealings right from a podcast from the wholesaling was that from word of mouth podcast a book yeah or? so how I was introduced with wholesaling I, I was I, I I actually before I got my real estate license what made me want to be a, a, a investor was I used to spend like I would get a credit card and I would max that thing out. When I turned 18, I would go to real estate seminars like Orlando, Miami, Robert Allen Institute. Like they got all my money when I was a kid. Um, <laughs> well, I should say a kid, 18 year old kid. But I saw all these guys who were always talking about like the easiest way to get in real estate is wholesale. Well, 2013, um, I mentioned that the army was paying me to go to school. I had a couple of rental properties. Here's the thing about rental properties. You got to fix them up if you want to have nice nice tenants, good tenants. So I maxed out a couple of credit cards, Home Depot card, American Express card. And now it's time to pay for these, these classes because I chose to go to a private school so I can be close to my parents. Um, so I needed to make some money really quick. So I was like, I remembered all this, all this stuff about wholesaling is easy, the best way to get into real estate. So I got a uh, program called PropStream and found out that the people that were on notice of default, basically they're in Liz pendants, not paying their mortgage. And I literally went and door knocked everybody in that area and left a note on their door saying, I'll buy your house. And I ended up pulling a deal with one of those. And that turned into a second deal, um, made a quick, uh, not almost nine grand in a couple, couple weeks doing that. And I like kind of just put it on the back burner after that. And basically this is 2013, about time 2015 comes, we have our first baby and I'm like, I need to get out of the military. So I picked up the wholesaling again, hired a coach. His name was Tom Kroll with Wholesaling Inc. And now I've got the honor to be being a Wholesaling Inc. land coach. Uh, so totally a dream come true right there. But uh, he walked me through his course, did all that. And I'm, I'm wholesaling a couple houses, but something wasn't working well for me. It wasn't fitting me it was, it was, and I can pinpoint it. I wasn't able to spend the time that was needed with the sellers. I had very minimal time. Like I was on base at 6 a.m. leaving at 6 or 7 p.m. So I had a short lunch break and I would like zoom off base, try and get the contract in 10 minutes and leave. And if I didn't, there was no follow up and I was never getting that contract. 
But then I heard this guy talking about land because I was searching for more answers. I was like, there's got to be an easier way to do this. And I heard that podcast and I was like, I'm sitting on a, a list. It's called the tax delinquent list that I got from the county treasurer, people not paying their taxes. And I'm cutting out the land. I'm only mailing the houses. So I literally, like the next day, mailed 687 postcards to all the land that was behind on their taxes. And that's where I pulled those two deals. And they were the easiest deals I've ever done in my life. And I was like, there's, there's a way I can systematize this. And then I got a team and we started doing them over and over and over. And now to this day, I got like eight people working with me, my team. And uh, I don't buy land anymore. I don't sell it anymore. Now I, I coach it. I, I, I'm like the orchestrator. I, but and I get on the team calls and listen to the KPIs, but now I get to teach people how to do it. And it's really fun. Was so there's it doesn't seem like at least with the land, there's a lot that goes into it, right? Once you have the system in place, the mailers, everything like that, it's pretty, pretty straightforward, right? Yeah. What veered you into the coaching? Because that seems like there's actually more time associated with that than actually <laughs> the land stuff. Yeah, it is. It it actually is. Um, you know, entrepreneurs. We got this thing about us. We build something over here. It's running perfect. And it's like, let's go build another thing. Um, you know, like the multiple streams of income type thing. Uh, I guess the average millionaire has like, what, six or seven streams of income. And, you know, I'll tell you another thing. Tom Kroll talked me into it as well. Like I never knew that I'd be like, literally, I started this. I'm not even in this uh, almost a, not even a year and a half now. I've got a hundred and I've coached now 181 students. Wow. And they're having massive success. And I didn't realize I would like it so darn much. Um, so, and I, and I, I call my wife calls me a professional uh, podcast guest because I love getting on podcasts and sharing with people. And I get these Instagram messages and people going to my YouTube channel that I just created saying, Hey, I did a deal by listening to your do or die series or, or whatever. So that just lights me up. And yeah, it is time consuming, but, uh, I'm only working probably from 9 a.m. to about 4 p.m. every day, Monday through Thursday, sometimes Friday. Um, so it's not it's not draining me because I've got an amazing team rocking and rolling. Uh, plus, I get help with the coaching side of things, too. It's, it's, I'm all about systems and uh, processes, but uh, I enjoy it. What do you think has been the, the biggest struggle for you with basically the flipping, the coaching, whatever avenue you want to kind of pick through. The biggest struggle for me is probably just keeping up with uh, the demand. Um, you know, in the military, I was signal. I was communications. I had about 48, uh, 48 or 47 trucks. I had to make sure the, like the computer systems worked in the radios, the antennas, all, all the stuff. And I, 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 I had a lot of demand and there was a lot of like, um, how do I say it? Like the people, relied on me to make sure they can communicate and i liked it it was like almost like a superhero mentality but then it got to be a drain after about six months in afghanistan like it becomes where it's like if one more person bangs on my dang door while i'm trying to sleep like at 3 a.m or whatever get a little shut eye or or we're in the tent at this time i'm like i'm gonna go crazy so i would say that you know you gotta you gotta control that with coaching or anything in life. And I would say that's the thing. Like sometimes my team wants my time. Sometimes a student wants my time and my, my children want my time. So it's just making sure you balance it. You're always going to be off balance, but you got to shut your darn phone off, you know, leave it in the garage type thing. So it's, it was a challenge, but I figured out a way around it. It's like, I, I, I realized it's like, look, I'm not, 
I'm not a surgeon. No one's going to die if I don't answer my phone at 6 p.m. and I'm having dinner type thing. So that was a mental hurdle I had to get over because I never had so much demand on me or it's, it's been a long time since I've had so much demand on, on people wanting my, I don't know, my time, I guess. So well, that the was funny my thing is, is when you put the restraints in place, they probably even want it more. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure like it's, it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you know, someone's not always available, you're going to really be respectful with that time. When you do get that person, it's like that attorney, you know, they're charging you $375 an hour. You're going to be chop, chop, buddy. <laughs> so what's, and I'm going to finish it with, with this question. What's the one piece of advice that you wish you would have received when you first got into the investing game? You know what? Here it is. Pick a path and stick to it, even if it doesn't work at first. Oh, I got two pieces of advice. So do that, and then it's going to be successful. And don't try it. Don't don't stop it once you do get the success from it. Kind of like those two those two wholesale deals in 2013. I didn't do another wholesale deal until 2015, 14, 15. Two years later, why did I stop it? I was all over the place. I was doing rentals. I was doing wholesale and I was in college. So pick a path and stick with it and don't stop. Very narrow. You know, there's a reason why, uh, you know, plasma torches are just a very, very, it, there's a reason why like a laser is extremely like focused. Be a laser and don't stop. When it does start to work, build processes around it and keep it going. So, um, you know, that's, that's, I think that's worth it could be worth millions and millions and millions of dollars to somebody if they understand what I just said. What's what's the the best way if people listening right now want to get more nuggets? They're getting excited about this. Like, you know what? I have five hundred dollars. I have a thousand dollars. I could do it. What what's the best way of them following you, uh, learning more? And if you don't have five hundred dollars, kind of like that first house I bought in two thousand seven, I borrowed that money. I borrowed the earnest money deposit one thousand dollars from my great grandmother. So if you don't borrow it, like there's people out there that want you to succeed. Now I paid her back. Um, I probably should have gave her interest. Actually, I didn't do that. Looking back, I should have. Um, but how do you find out more about me? I just launched a YouTube channel about four months ago. Uh, I give so much about buying land, selling land, how to do it, how to get started. And like, I, I can give you a ton of value there and go subscribe to that thing. Help me build this channel because I, I think I'm the only guy out there talking about land on YouTube. So that's probably the fastest way to find out more about me. Well, well thank you. Thank you, Brett, for being here. Uh, thank you for everyone listening. Hopefully you got some, some great nuggets. It doesn't matter where you currently are. You could be that Brent that right before he went to the military. You can be that person that doesn't have anything that feels like they're probably in a in a shallow hole and they need a way out, right? Yet, look what you can accomplish in five, ten. I mean, a couple days, a couple weeks. You know, so really take that choice, make that effort, go find Brent's YouTube channel, and like he says, be that laser, be precise and focus. Thank you, Brent, for being here. Thanks, Benny. Appreciate you having me. Such a great show you have here. Thank you. Please subscribe, please share, and tell your friends that we're
Thank you for listening to The Road to Growth, Success of an Entrepreneur. Please like, subscribe, and stay connected. Visit www.TheEnriquezGroup.com. Yeah, I created a website. Hope to see you again next week. The Enriquez Group, signing off.